From WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes, a podcast about Wisconsin politics and politicians. I'm Marty Michelson. Each week, I discuss noteworthy developments with J.R. Ross, editor of WISPolitics.com. Here's our latest conversation. So, J.R., Governor Walker spent much of last week trying to downplay some photos that surfaced of him and the woman now charged in an alleged Russian plot to interfere with U.S. elections. She showed up at an NRA event that Walker was attending in Tennessee in April of 2015, right before he announced his run for president. Then she attended Walker's launch party in Waukesha. That's when the photo was snapped. Are Democrats going to pounce on this, and is this going to dog Walker as he seeks re-election this fall? The Democrats are using it to push Walker for more disclosure. They want to know if he met with any other foreign agents. What I don't know is what else might come out of this. What more, what more might emerge from the story? Is there anything else out there? If there's nothing else out there, it may be, you know, a, a brief story, then go away. But if more comes out from this investigation or from these court filings that could pose a distraction for the governor. At this point, he said he's not been contacted by the FBI. I mean, you never want to have to be answering that question in general about whether he's been contacted by the FBI, but I just can't say at this point from talking to people whether the story has any legs beyond the initial reporting because I don't know what else might be out there. In another development, the Democratic primary in the race to replace retiring Republican House Speaker Paul Ryan is heating up. Janesville School Board member Kathy Myers filed a complaint last week with the Federal Election Commission against her high-profile opponent, ironworker Randy Bryce. She claims Bryce violated election law by converting campaign funds for personal use. Also in recent weeks, it's come out that Bryce has been arrested nine times over the years for various offenses, including drunken driving. What impact do you think this will have on Bryce's candidacy with just weeks to go before the primary? Well, in talking to people who uh, back Randy, when these things have kind of come out before, they've said, well, this, this is an example of how he's a real person, that he's had real struggles and he can relate to people and, and voters can relate to him. At some point, though, you go you go from being kind of a real person to maybe too real to being maybe a, a flawed candidate. And one of the issues I keep picking up from talking to people is the there is plenty of fodder right now to kind of go after Randy Bryce through paid media. Now, Kathy Myers, she's not had the nearly the resources that Bryce has had in this race, so it's hard to say how well she can capitalize on these issues because the reality is most voters don't see these news stories about this stuff. They see stuff that's on TV, they listen to what's on the radio, I mean, they hear ads about it. So for Myers to make this really kind of <clears throat> sink in and help her a great deal to have it up on, on TV or on, in radio ads or digital spots, you know, stuff to, to reach voters. What I can tell you, though, is that Republicans will not have a, a, a resource issue when it comes to this. So if, so if Bryce makes it to the primary, they now have plenty in their arsenal to take the bark off or any Bryce. Also last week, the new Marquette poll came out, and it's the final one before the August 14th primary. Tony Evers still leads the pack of Democratic candidates for governor with 31 percent. Then the rest dropped down to 6 percent and less. Does it surprise you that the other candidates still can't seem to move into double digits? Well, it's a reflection of the lack of paid media. It's just it's a reality of campaigns these days that people notice you when they see you on TV or hear you on the radio and nobody's been really up heavily yet now the ads are beginning so the question that I've had and talked to people about in the last few days is you know 
is there enough time and enough money that these guys have to catch up with Evers? In another race that we've been watching closely, Republican U.S. Senate candidate Leah Vukmir won the endorsement of the NRA last week. It happens after she displayed her handgun in a TV ad. How beneficial will this endorsement be for her? Well, you know, Vukmir's got a record in the legislature of voting for bills that support uh, gun rights that are aligned with what the NRA supports. So it's another example of an organization that can help her turn out voters on primary day. Uh, the NRA, for example, they send postcards to members to say, hey, we're backing this this person or things like that that could help her get people out. What's interesting is Vukmir has you know, the NRA now. She's at the state GOP. Um, others who are good at turning out the grassroots, turning out voters on primary day. But she's lagging behind Kevin Nicholson for resources. Nicholson had, don't forget, uh, right before that uh, postcard was released, or sorry, the, the uh, endorsement was released, $2 million in TV from Club for Growth. So which is more important turning out people for a primary? You know, that kind of personal touch from these organizations like the state GOP and the NRA or having your, an ad campaign like that reaching more people, more eyeballs. I, it's a, a big question going to August 14th. By the same token, Vukmir's opponent, Kevin Nicholson, last week was the beneficiary of a $2 million ad campaign from the National Club for Growth. It launched attack ads against Vukmir on Nicholson's behalf. This resulted in a cry of foul from Republican Governor, former Republican Governor Tommy Thompson. He claims Club for Growth weakened him when he emerged from a four-way Republican U.S. Senate primary six years ago when the group poured money into one of Thompson's opponents in that primary. Thompson went on to lose to then-Democratic candidate Tammy Baldwin in the general election. So could history repeat itself here in that Club for Growth does the same kind of damage to Leah Vukmir if she wins this primary and then goes on to take on incumbent Senator Tammy Baldwin this fall? I've heard grumbling from Republicans about that possibility. I mean, their worry is the two of them beat each other up, and whoever merges on August 15th, the day after the primary, is bruised, battered, and broke, then there's a problem. So we'll see how deep the cuts go. I mean, don't forget, there's a, a super PAC backing Leah Vukmir that basically says you can't trust Kevin Nicholson. So they're both taking their shots. The question is, what's the residual effect from those? And then post-primary, how does the party do coming back together? You know, that's all to be determined. Um, so it's it's one to keep an eye on. It's, it's hard to tell right now just how nasty this could get. And, you know, maybe we'll, we'll see if it gets any worse than this. And finally, big donors on opposite sides of the Republican U.S. Senate race are planning what appears to be a unity fundraiser on Friday, August 17th, three days after the primary. The hosts of the event are Beloit billionaire Diane Hendricks and Illinois billionaire Richard Eline. Hendricks supports State Senator Leah Vukmir, while Eline supports business consultant Kevin Nicholson. The winner of the primary will face, as we were saying, Democratic Senator Tammy Baldwin in November. Considering how ugly this race has been so far between Vukmir and Nicholson, and it appears more ugliness is ahead, how willing are people at this event um, and supporters of the losing candidate going to be to put the past behind and rally around the winner of the primary? It, it's always a question in any contested primary. Do you, you put your hurt feelings aside about your candidate winning because you have more in common with your primary opponent than you do the general election candidate? So we'll see how that plays out. Now, the side effect from all this is while Leah and Kevin are beating up on each other, 
it's not focused on Tammy Baldwin. So, you know, there's one radio ad, for example, from a super PAC backing Nicholson that takes a shot at Baldwin, but those two cans are focused on each other. As long as they're focused on each other, they're not taking digs at Baldwin. That allows her to keep building uh, up her war chest, to keep doing positive ads, and kind of keep building her name ID and her positives out of the election before the onslaught comes from both sides, probably. I mean, this race has slipped on the national list of most, you know, most you know, one's most likely to flip. So we're not really a top-tier target right now. We'll see if that holds. If that holds, then that's better for Baldwin. But if we get to be a top target, that means a whole bunch of money flying and a whole bunch of negative ads and a whole bunch of shots at each other that uh, is going to be a big impact on this race come November. Thanks for joining us, JR. Anytime. That's wispolitics.com editor J.R. Ross. You can join us each week for our conversations. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to Capital Notes on iTunes, NPR One, or wherever you get your podcasts.